Hello, and welcome to another episode of Whole and Complete Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Shantae, and Whole and Complete is all about faith and wellness, loving God and living well. So we are in the middle of a series about building your tribe. If you are new to Whole and Complete, welcome. Whole and Complete is a series-based podcast, and so we are in part two of the series. And I will return to our guiding scripture, which comes out of Genesis chapter 11 verse 6 which says the Lord said if as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them and I chose this scripture because of its emphasis on unity and the Bible speaks very clearly about how powerful it is to be in community and unity with other people how good and pleasant it is for brothers to walk together in unity and there is so much disunity in the world there is so much division and so much rancor and so much hate that we have become so distrustful of one another and we tend to draw inward rather than reaching outward And some of us, many of us have had experiences where people have dropped the ball, where they didn't show up the way they were supposed to. We were abandoned. We were neglected. We were lied to. We were let down. And because we have not healed from those experiences fully, then we have decided that sometimes it's just best to just go it alone and and I can hurt my own feelings. And all of that, all of that speak is out of hurt. And I'm not going to sit here and invalidate those experiences. Those are very real experiences. Those are very hurtful experiences. And there is also healing after those experiences. Just like we have post-traumatic stress, there is such a thing as post-traumatic growth and post-traumatic wisdom. And I'm not trying to be overly optimistic and just say everything is sunshine and rainbows. And I'm not saying that this work is easy. It is not easy to open your heart back up and open yourself back up and be vulnerable again after somebody who did not deserve you or did not value you or did not recognize what they had has stomped all over it. However, I am also, and maybe this is my own personal pride and ego, you're not going to get me in the wash and the rinse, baby. You, If you got me in the wash, you're not going to get me in the rinse. If you hurt my feelings or you neglected me or abandoned me in some way, I will never give you the satisfaction of having the power to dictate what the rest of my life gets to look like, baby. You just ain't got that kind of juice, okay? And so... I took the time, I radical acceptance. I said, this wasn't my fault and this was unfair. However, I'm going to take ownership of the process. I'm going to reclaim my power. I'm going to do the Maxine Waters and reclaim my time. And now I get to be a little bit more wise and a little bit more discerning and ask a few more questions. And I get to improve my vetting process and I get to raise my standards rather than raising walls uh, so that nobody can touch me because... Loneliness is a real thing. It's actually listed as the Surgeon General as a deadly disease. As I talked about last week with Dr. Bruce Perry in his book of What Happened to You, disconnection is disease. And so as I've been posting these things on social media, which, (laughs) by the way, oh, praise the Lord Saints, sidebar, okay, sidebar. So I think I told you guys that I had this video about community that was going viral, right? Well, it's still very much going strong. I'm like very just kind of surprised watching this all happen in real time because you never know what's going to resonate, right? But do you know who shared my post today on in, in the year of our Lord, 20 and 23 on the 23rd of February? Do you know who shared my post to his stories? Maxwell, the one, the only, shouldn't I be alive? Baby, when I tell you 
I ran around this house for 20 minutes screaming like an idiot. You would have thought I had something like I had lost my mind. I was like, oh my God. I mean, it was a moment. And not only did he post it, he had a little message that just said, please, please watch this. Y'all, you could have bought me for a penny with a hole in it. And then you know who saw it after that? Malcolm Jamal Warner. Yes, Theo from the Cosby Show. And he was like, here, here. When I tell you the love that I have gotten, and I'm, I'm telling you, this is one of those things, right? It's hard to show up in these spaces. I will tell you, if I had my choice to be uh, rich but not famous, I would take that every day in the week. I... I don't, I don't have to have fame and fortune. I would much rather just have the fortune <laughs> and be on the low doing good in the world as like an anonymous millionaire, you know, paying for people's groceries and, and that sort of thing. I would much rather do that because to, to the earlier point, the world is so jaded and social media makes people brazen in ways that they should not be brazen. And it makes people judgmental in ways that they should not be judgmental that when you show up in these public spaces and you put yourself out there for public consumption, people come for you. People come for you because so many people are hurt and broken in the world that they don't know any other way to be. And when they come for you in instinctively and intuitively, you know, okay, this has nothing to do with me. Like clearly something I said triggered something in you that you have not resolved. And this has absolutely nothing to do with me. However, who wants to keep being the lamb to the slaughter, okay, for the greater good? Who wants to keep putting themselves out there with messages of hope and change and growth and healing only to get like kicked down the stairs and people try to take you down a peg? So I will tell you, it is very hard mentally to continue to show up in these spaces, but I do it because I know who I am. I know what my, my charge in life is. I remember saying not too long ago, maybe at the end of the Believing Bigger podcast, which was my previous show. But I remember saying out loud, I said, I will not rest. I will not be happy until I know that I have positively impacted the lives of at least a million people. Do you know how many people have seen this video at this point? And I think I only shared it like on TikTok and Instagram. Child, I didn't seen it pop up in Facebook. I've had college classmates come out of the woodwork and say hey my coach my, my mastermind coach shared this in our group today I've seen it on Twitter I mean it has just come back to me in so many ways and at this point literally about 700,000 people have seen that video it's been shared more than oh my gosh 50,000 times over and I'm like wow all of a sudden that goal of positively impacting the lives of a million people if I take the numbers on that video and the numbers of downloads of this podcast and the numbers of downloads of my previous podcast, I'm really just about there. And I'm just so humbled by that. I'm so humbled by that because I'm telling y'all, y'all know it's a lot of noise in the world. There's a lot of voices in the world. And so that anybody would hear my voice and resonate with it in some positive, meaningful way that would change their lives for the better is just amazing to me it is amazing to me because God could use anybody and I'm just grateful that's all I can be is just grateful and humbled but having said that we are talking about building your tribe and everybody has been asking how do I do it so what we're going to be talking about today is what kind of seed are you and then getting into the practicalities of actually building and growing your tribe so let's get into it so what kind of seed are you? This is important, okay, because 
seeds bear fruit, right? When you put them in, in good soil, they will bear fruit. And one of the reasons why people struggle to have a tribe, to have community is because they're not in the right soil. I remember in the Believing Bigger podcast, I did a whole show talking about what kind of soil are you? But today I'm asking what kind of seed are you? Okay, what kind of fruit is on your tree? What kind of plant are you? What are you bringing to the party? And this is important. This is important because sometimes, and this is sad and unfortunate, when people have not done the healing work, when people have not done the healing work, they can become the poison in their own well. And so I know people that want relationship. I know people that want families. I know people that want close connections, but because they have not done the work, they are the poison in their own well. There's the seed, the quality of the seed is compromised because they are lacking self-awareness because they're not willing to be accountable because they're not willing to humble themselves and, and be vulnerable and say, I have an issue that I'm struggling with because they have addictions and all kinds of things. And so a lot of times people will pop up and say, well, it's not that easy to, uh, to find community. It's not that easy to have people that want to help you. I would first ask, what are you bringing into the lives of other people? And that's important because, and I want to walk gingerly and carefully here because what I never want to do is get into this place where I'm blaming the victim or blaming people for their circumstances because some some people a lot of people actually are in situations through no fault of their own or very little fault of their own it, they just were dealt a terrible hand or bad cards or what have you and when they're not in a place of thriving and they're in survival mode Survival mode can come out in some really toxic ways that poison a group. Does that make sense? And so some people who have been wronged want to get in community and have a sounding board to be right about being wronged. They just want somebody to validate them. They want somebody to say, yes, you got a raw deal. Yes, you were dealt a bad hand. Yes, that was really effed up. And I think that there is a place for that. And I think the place for that is therapy. I think the place for that is counseling. I think the place for that is having a trusted, you know, mentor or advisor or someone that can help you work beyond that. Because as long as you are a seed in a place of victimization, then what you bring to the group is going to not only compromise your growth, but compromise their growth. So it's one thing to want to be in community, but you also have to ask yourself, what is it that I'm willing to show up with and give? Okay, what kind of seed and what kind of fruit am I bringing to the salad? <laughs> okay, and, and what is it that I expect to receive? And it has to be reciprocal. It has to be mutually beneficial. It has to be where you get seen and heard, but you also see and hear others. It gets to be where people are holding space for you, but you're also holding space for others. You cannot be the seed in the group that just takes. You cannot be the seed in the group that just siphons the water and, and hogs all the sunlight because that poisons the group. And that's extremely narcissistic and self-serving behavior. And so the first thing that you need to ask is what kind of seed am I? Okay. Good seeds cannot thrive in bad soil. And so the first thing you need to assess is what kind of seed am I? What am I bringing into the community? Okay. Am I bringing 
uh, burdens and problems and things like that. And it's not to say that you cannot share. Let me be careful here. It's not to say that you cannot share problems in community. However, usually what happens is, is that relationships are established in positive and affirming ways and you build the kind of relational capital, okay? You've put some deposits in the bank and now when you have problems, then you can start to make some withdrawals, you know, but you can't you can't come to the bank with a zero balance and then start making withdrawals from people that you barely know saying, you're supposed to help me and you're supposed to be community. You're supposed to have my back. Hold up, hold up, hold on, pimp. <laughs> like, slow your roll. You, there has to be a, a progression, okay? Like these things are built over time and through experience and through exchanges and, and commonalities and you keep making deposits in one another's banks. And then once we've built up a certain balance, okay? Then when problems come or issues come or whatever, you start making withdrawals in general. Now, some people are just, salt of the earth, kind hearted, will help a stranger on the street. They don't care if they never saw you before in their life. And I do this, you know, I'm one of the things that I've been doing kind of silently and secretly is donating to GoFundMe's. You know, I look at, at the causes and the circumstances and I just donate. I don't have to know these people. It's like, I just, I, I feel for your plight and from one human to another, I want to help you. I want to help you get to the next chapter of your life. I want to help you get to the next leg of your journey. And I always do it anonymously. Okay. And so it's not about necessarily community. It's just that when I see somebody in need and if I have the capacity to help them, then yeah, I will donate because I may not be able to donate my time. I may not be able to make phone calls, but if I can donate some funds that will help further your cause or your goals or help you meet your needs, I'm more than happy to do that. Okay. So what kind of seed are you, what kind of fruit are you bearing? So that's, that's number one. And if you are showing up with healthy intentions, number two is, and this is the big thing, you have to have a willingness to replant yourself in new soil. I'm going to repeat that. You have to have a willingness to replant yourself in new soil. One of the reasons why we struggle to build community and tribe and find our people is because we are attached to the idea that our people have to be our family, that our people have to be the people that live in our household, that our people have to be the childhood friend or the, or the college roommate or what have you, that our people have to be people that we already know and have a, a pre-existing relationship with. And I think it was Drake that was like, no new friends. No, baby. Sometimes in order for you to have tribe and community, yes, new friends. Yes, online friends. Yes, strangers from across the, the miles. I'm having, I have a mentoring group right now. And so in the previous series, I talked about how I was opening up the doors to mentor this year. And I love the group that I have. So I was looking for six people. We have seven and I love the group. However, we are scattered. Um, there's like two or three of us in Chicago and then there is Florida and then there's Louisiana and then there's Washington DC area and then there's North Carolina. So we're scattered. Okay. And yet there is community. You have to be willing to replant yourself in new soil. You have to be willing and have the courage to replant yourself in some unfamiliar places because sometimes friends and family do not have the capacity, the bandwidth, the interest, the wherewithal 
to give you what it is that you need. And we end up frustrated and disappointed and dejected and isolating because we're trying to get things from people that they don't have the capacity to provide. And so we like, oh, well, I tried. Okay, that was that soil. That soil is not gonna be where you can thrive and grow. Sometimes you have to replant yourself in a new school, in a new job, in a new city, in a new state, in a new country, if need be, rather than accept the notion that nobody wants to help me, nobody likes me, nobody cares. No, it may not, it may be just that those people don't. Okay, those people can't help you. Those people don't have the, the capacity to do that. However, when you are in new soil, you have new opportunities. I heard recently there was a video. They said that, you know, talking about taking the emotion out of rejection, taking the re re emotion out of the word no. No just means new options, next opportunity. Okay, so if somebody said no in the sales world, okay, I have never seen a car salesman crying in his cornflakes because somebody didn't want to buy the car that day. They don't have time for that. No means next. I cannot sit here and get into the emotional underpinnings because you didn't want to buy the Volvo when I see other people on the lot that are interested. And so that's all that that means. And so one, what kind of seed are you? Two, are you willing to replant in new soil? And if you are willing to replant in new soil, then let me give you just some really practical ways to build community and build tribe. Two words, common interest. I, in the past two years, so pandemics, since the pandemic, have actually added tribes to my life, one through dance, two through church hurt, okay? So I'll start with church hurt. I found a Bible study, believe it or not, that was geared towards people who love God but couldn't stand church people. And that's where I was a couple of years ago, baby. I just, I don't even have the time in this podcast to get into all the things, but I left my church after 30 years. And while I have since found a new one, I know that for me to do this kind of work where I show up and pour into you guys, I could not show up with shadiness in my spirit because I just needed to get that resolved. And so I found this Bible study. And so I just sent an email out, you know, to some, some women who I knew attended church or, you know, were believers or whatever. And I was like, Hey, I'm reading this book. This is what it's about. Let me know if there's any takers, you know, we can meet once a week and go through it. And I got, two people that were like, yeah, count me in. I'll do that. And so that's where it was. And then two weeks into the, the readings, one of them said, you know who I think would really benefit from this? My friend, such and such. And so the next week, such and such showed up. And so we got through that book. And after we got through that book, we did another book together. And after we did that book, then such and such was like, you know who I think would be good for this group? Such and such and such and such. And then such and such and such and such end up. So basically we started with three and now there's six of us. And now it's like this sacred circle and we have healed together. And people during this time have lost loved ones. I'm talking, they've lost husbands and they've battled disease and it's lost jobs and all kinds of things. Like so many hardships during this this time okay and so it's we came in 
in community with the common interest or the common purpose to heal. That was the purpose. And then it kind of became each one reach one. And because everybody was very, the pre-existing members were very cognizant of group dynamics. They were like, okay, is this mix of women going to be a good fit? And it was, you know, and because people cared enough about the group to want to maintain healthy dynamics within it, it all worked out. So if you have a book <laughs> that you have been dying to read and you're like, I know I don't have the discipline to do it by myself, just put it out there, put it out there on Facebook, on social media, put it in on Twitter. It's like, hey, I am reading this book. Does anybody want to read it with me? Is anybody interested? We can, you know, meet and discuss it, you know, once a week, once a month, whatever, any takers, let me know. And just put it out there. Cast the net is what I'm saying. Cast the net through common interest. Dance is a whole other thing. Like, so my dance director, she and I are very close friends now, but in that community, when people come to dance and you keep showing up to the same classes, you kind of build camaraderie and you get to know one another. And then it becomes, especially in the summertime in Chicago, because it'd be so doggone cold in the winter. When we have good summer nights, baby, we outside, outside. And so then it became, hey, does anybody want to grab a drink after class? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then outside of the classroom, you start learning about people's lives and and what they do and their families and all of that. And so it became a dance family, but how through a common interest, which was for me, salsa dance. And so common interest is a really great way to build community to join existing communities. And you can find these communities on meetups. You can go to Eventbrite, okay, and go to certain events around certain interests or topics or occasions, okay, certain holidays, and you can find your people, you can find your tribe, you can go on Facebook. One of the things that popped up during Facebook, which was really popular, was I think it was like black women who like outdoors or black women who like to garden or something like that. But like during the pandemic, since everybody was stuck in the house, all of a sudden, you know, women were like, I'm going to redo my deck and I'm going to redo my garden. And then all these pictures started and I'm going to buy an egg chair. And like that, it became like tens of thousands of like women in that group sharing their love of outdoor spaces and what have you. And so there are Facebook groups for travel. Okay. There are Facebook groups by ethnic group for travel. There are Facebook groups for people who love Portugal. I in particular. So there are a group, there's a group called, I think American friends in Portugal, so to speak, I think is what it's called. And basically it's about Americans who are interested in becoming residents of Portugal. I am very much in that group because y'all know I got one foot out of the United States, but in that group, people are like, hey, we're going to be in Figueira de Fash, you know, this day to this day. Does anybody want to meet up to have lunch? And people are like, yeah, I'll do that. Perfect strangers. Okay, like new soil. It doesn't have to be Jenny from the block. It doesn't have to be somebody that you've known since you had ashy knees. Okay, you can go out and just put it out there and strangers are willing to meet. And I do say this with a hard asterisk because human trafficking is real. People are not, not everybody in these groups have uh, good intentions. And so follow common sense safety protocols in terms of like public spaces. Don't be going off with anybody and exchanging personal information until, you know, you have a good rapport established, you know, trust your gut and your intuition and things like that. But 
those are some of the ways. Um, if you are interested in investing, okay, and you're talking about investing or flipping houses, they offer seminars on that stuff all the time. And so you can go to these seminars. If you are interested in learning how to create floral bouquets as a hobby, they have floral bouquet classes. And I have a friend actually, believe it or not, I don't know if I told y'all this once upon a time, I was a diehard scrapbooker. I mean, oh my gosh, it, it was such an addictive and expensive habit, but I loved it. I was making all kinds of memories. I couldn't go on a trip without little stickers and chads and, and stamps and all. I was going to the conventions and the workshops. I was in it, child. And that's how I met my friend, Eleanor. Her, um, if you go on social media, she is on Instagram, Ivy, like the Ivy plant, pink. She is Ivy pink and or Ivy pink made. And she has blown up. Like, I remember when I met her, I met her at a scrapbooking retreat in Wisconsin. And the whole point of the retreat, like this building existed just to host people to scrapbook for the weekend. That's how I met her. And she ended up being one of the craftiest people I know. Now she's blown up. She got a platform. She got an agent making crafts, child. And so I say all this to say that common interest, okay, is a really great way to develop friendships and relationships and finding your tribe and finding your people you have to be willing I'm gonna say this the pandemic is over you have to be willing to get out the house sometimes okay like everything is not gonna come to your doorstep and for those of you who are not able to leave the house I have a friend who is diehard into online poker. Like she is all about that Texas Hold'em life. They have online communities. She's wheelchair bound and she's very good at it. So it's not easy for her to get up and out and around. But at her computer, she has built this community of people who play Texas Hold'em. And so if you have interest, whatever you are interested in, whether it is nature, whether it is camping, whether it is glamping, whether it is travel, whether it is stargazing, there, I promise you, I promise you, your people are out there. You have to get over the fact that your cousin may not want to come with you, that your bestie may not want to come with you, that your best friend may not be interested in Harry Potter. I am very much a Ravenclaw. Yes, I'm a grown woman. Yes, I read those children's books. No, I'm not ashamed. So whatever. Okay. But if I want to find fellow Potter people, I know where to go. Okay. If you go on Airbnb, Anytime you go to Airbnb, it's not just about uh, accommodations and lodging anymore. Airbnb actually has experiences. And if you go onto those experiences, you will find experiences by interest. So if you are interested in street art, if you are interested in photography, if you are interested in Harry Potter, there's a Harry Potter walking tour all throughout London where they say, this is where they film this and this is where they film that. And so even in, in your travels and vacation, and sometimes people have made lifelong friends and connections through travel, they met a stranger on a trip and they just stayed in touch henceforth. I remember, and I'll leave on this note, I went to London for the first time in 2017. It was my gift to myself for becoming full professor at my college. And London was so close to Paris. I was like, I'll just take the train over and I'll spend a day or two in Paris. And so went to Paris and I wanted to go to this restaurant, which was very highly rated and what have you. So I'm walking to Paris in the rain, right? Like it's very like idyllic and like romantic, right? Even though I didn't have no man. But the point was I was there. <laughs> it was dark. I got to this cafe, this restaurant that I wanted to go to. And in Paris and actually a lot of places in Europe, 
Some of these restaurants are no bigger than your living room. I am not joking. I'm not exaggerating. They literally have like 13 seats tops. Okay. And so there was this wait and he was like, yeah, it's going to be about an hour, but there was one seat available. And while I was waiting, cause I was willing to wait the hour, this young man was like, you're welcome to sit here across from me if you like. And I was like, oh, thank you very much. So I took the seat. I could have been Johnny introvert, which I normally am and took the seat. But ultimately I ended up sitting down and ended up speaking for hours with this young man named Harrison. Me and Harrison had the best conversation I should, I should dig into my Dropbox and see if I can find that picture of Harrison. But like by the end of it, we were like, oh my gosh, it was so good to talk to you. We hugged, we took a picture, like the whole nine yards. And it was just, a, it, that's just what it was. You know what I mean? So be willing to open yourself up to new experiences, overcome your fears, overcome your attachments, heal yourself from people who have disappointed you and let you down in the past and be willing to replant yourself in new soil. I'm telling you that your tribe is out there, that there are people who want to pour into you just like you want to pour into other people. Okay. So I will leave it there for this episode and we will wrap up our series next week. If you have any questions, comments, takeaways, hit me up at Dr. Shante says on Instagram, or you can find me on spoutable at Dr. Shante. And I will see you next time.